join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones, needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warm. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Hi, guys. I'm Tom, here with my good friend, Shay. And we'd like you to pull on into our drive in a terror for season two, episode number seven of the Scare Your Pants Off, It's Movie Night podcast. In tonight's episode, our fright-filled feature is the classic Carrie. So grab your snacks, and we'll kill the lights. So how are you doing today, Shay? Oh, great. I'm really, really great. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a little bit since we recorded, so it's good to be back. Um, so it's new. So we are elbow deep in Halloween party planning. So for anybody, anybody who knows, anybody who's listening, um, we are planning a Halloween party next September. Uh, so September of 2023 and the following February on leap year, we're going to get married and it's a Thursday. I know that's kind of whatever, but it's a leap year. Who doesn't want to get married on a leap year? And, um, but the Halloween party prep, I'm so freaking excited. I've never actually thrown a costume party before. I've never, I've never done anything like this before and I can't freaking wait. It's really going to be the first time that both of our families and our friends are like at the same place, which it could be a disaster. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of crazy that's going to be there, me included. So it's fine. But um, oh, I'm super freaking excited. I can't wait. I know it's so far away, but I like I'm ready for it to be tomorrow. And I might be a little more excited about the Halloween party than I am the wedding. And I know that's awful to say, but I really am because I love Halloween. But after the Halloween party, I'll be more excited about the wedding than anything. So. Oh, I can't wait. It's it's been a while since I've been to a really good Halloween party. Um, God, in college, it was God, I loved a Halloween, a good Halloween party. I, you know, I have uh, one, of, one of my degrees is in theater, you know, and I have a lot of uh, theater friends and they love a good excuse to dress up. So we would have some of the crazy blowouts and I haven't really been to a good one. I've been to some, but not like in that capacity. Uh, in a long time so i cannot wait it's gonna be a lot of fun I, it really is I, I, I get like i know you said you wish it was tomorrow i wish it was tomorrow too you know but hey this will make it even more epic just this whole this whole long planning of it exactly well i figured this way so what's so what i don't want anybody to feel like i don't want anyone to be like oh my god now i just spent all this money on a costume and all this and all that it's it's like over a year away or almost a year away and it's Use the Halloween clearance this year. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Utilize the Halloween clearance. You know, make some weird amalgamation of all leftover costumes. I don't even care. Just be creative. And I oh, just, I can't freaking wait. But, 
Well, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm great. And that's a good point. You know, best day, go November 1st or November 2nd, head over to Spirit Halloween. And when everything's now, you know, 50 to 70% off and uh, you can you can get some really good stuff. I love Spirit Halloween. It's, it's always once they start because they start right around now is when they start popping back up because they are at the seasonal store. Um, it's it got so good. So yeah um no i'm good i'm good just been you know was on vacation last week now kind of came back to work on wednesday of this week kind of getting back into the swing of it so it's uh yeah things kind of i always get depressed coming back from from a vacation it's just like oh god i don't want to get it i get it i don't want to go to work all right well let me lift your spirits with a fun fact then Yes. Okay. So Robert England, obviously. Mm -hmm. I absolutely idolize him. Freddy Krueger. Uh, yep. Freddy Krueger. Um, so fun fact, do you know that in the Lion King, the song, Can You Feel the Love Tonight had two backup singers other than El obviously Elton John sang, but then there were two backup singers. Did you, do you know who? Well, not Elton John sang, but there were two backup singers in the movie. It was Elton John's song. I apologize, but do you know who sang backup? I do not. Rick Astley. Okay. And Robert England. <laughs> what? I kid you not. I was like today, well, a couple days ago, years old, when I found that out, and wild. it blew my mind. That is wild. I uh, I didn't know he was the singer. Like I, I didn't. I, I didn't know I could hold the tune or anything. Um, wow, that's that's funny to think that. There's one more actually. There's one more fact, and um, this one. So this one maybe has a little extra special place in my heart because it involves my favorite horror movie, Halloween. Okay. Um, did you know that Robert England had a friend who worked on the set and actually got him. A job on the set of Halloween? No. Yeah. Do you know what he was? Well, so obviously you don't know what he was doing because you didn't know he was working there. But I'm going to tell you, uh, his job was to spread leaves to make it look like autumn. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll tell. That one makes a little more sense to me because it's Freddy Krueger, uh, whereas Freddy Krueger in The Lion King, like <laughs> that, that's, but, uh, but well, I, I didn't know either of those. That's, wow, that's really, really cool. I, yeah. I, I never knew that. It's one of those, uh, Robert England, it's, like, I'm not a huge autograph person. In the last couple of years, I kind of started, because, you know, I used to work at Comic-Cons and usually I'm at a table with a celebrity and they always, they insist on signing something for you. So then I kind of started accumulating stuff and then started getting a little into it. Like I'm trying to get every Jason um, to sign a, a mask. I, I only have three at the moment. I have uh, CJ Graham signed Jason mask. I have an Ari Lehman signed Jason mask and then a Kane Hodder. But anyway, um, the one, like I said, I'm not a big um autograph guy but the one or there's two people that i kick myself for not getting that i had the opportunity to one would have been really hard because it was expensive the lines were long and that's stan lee obviously just an icon in the comic but the other one robert england came to rhode island comic-con 
I mean, he had a line all week. Yeah, so that Robert England, he I I regret not getting his is what he did rely on Comic Con a few years ago. He had a line all week, and part of the reason was that he had a line all weekend, and and the other I think it was like a hundred for an autograph, and I was just like, eh. And now, but now I totally regret not getting. It. Yeah, that that he is the other one, Stanley and Robert England are the two that I regret not getting. I think I have three autographs that, given the chance, I would I would want above really anything else in horror. I think, and I would probably get chills. And I don't know that I could actually talk to the person coherently and get the autograph, but it would be Robert England, Tony Moran, Nick Castle, and Jamie Lee. Nice. Yeah. I knew I knew Castle and Jamie Lee would be on your list right there. Yeah. I could meet the new Michael Myers, James Jude Courtney there. Yeah. Nice guy and everything, but and you know he, he does a fine job, but it's not the classic Nick Castle. You know, but he was exactly. James Jude Courtney. He was at uh, Comic Con last year, so nice dude. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, you got a can't movie for me this week? I do. For those brave souls ready for a fright, it's time for the feature. I do have a camping movie, so I okay. So I'm gonna tell you I'm super excited about this movie. Yes, I say that about every movie, but I'm literally excited about every single horror movie that we're going to talk about. That's what it is. I can't help it. Even if I hate the movie, I'm super excited to talk about it because I'm a talker about horror movies. It's what I do. I don't know. But I'm going to talk about Studio 666 today. Have you seen this, Tom? Yes. So it came out in February 2022. And um, unfortunately, it came out really not very long before the passing of the drummer, which, which Super sad. Yeah. But so in the movie, the Foo Fighters move into a mansion to record their 10th album. And it was supposed to help them kind of beat like a writer's block. And their agent was like, yeah, no, you should do this. This is a good idea. We found this place. And so it was really kind of all set up to happen. Um, Dave Grohl becomes possessed, which is so funny because like he's just like this goofy sweet silly funny like teddy bear of a man he's like a dad rocker or something he is yeah. <laughs> perfect yes he's a dad exactly i love that he's a dad rocker but he becomes possessed and they do this thing with his voice sometimes that i can't even deal with it's so it's so bad but it's so good and um basically he starts just taking people out one by one and it's it's a lot it's an onslaught really of violently hilarious and some of the goriest stuff i've really seen in a very long time yeah. one after the other just so a couple things that you're gonna see in this movie is <laughs> that you're you're gonna absolutely love. You're gonna see a barbecued band member. I'm not gonna elaborate on that because if you haven't seen it, 
anything I tell you is not going to do it justice. So I'm going to stop with that one. Um, you're going to have some exploding bodies. Yep, exploding bodies. Uh, a lot of excessive vomiting. Like <laughs> excessive, excessive vomiting. Um, some zombies. Uh, you're going to feel really bad for a delivery driver who at first you might not like, and then you're like, oh, dude, sorry. Um, and then throughout the movie, you actually get to witness Dave Grohl inventing his own music note, which is my face hurts yeah. thinking about it. Um, and he writes analog again. So <laughs> the movie is so funny, and they all, none of them are actors, obviously. They're not. And but that, really, that's part of the charm of the movie. They're just being their goofy selves and there's a guy that like sleeps on the pool table and i don't i don't even understand i don't understand so many things that are going on in this movie and it's it's so bad it's so bad but it's so good and you have to watch it and if you have watched it pearl jam high five <laughs> um but it's really the perfect dose of camp meet score and you have to see it if you haven't. So, but that—that's what I have on Studio Six Six Six. Do yourself a favor, definitely watch it. Yeah, no, that's perfect. It's so good. Like, I love a good, I love campiness, and I love gore, and it's just this sort of perfect sort of melding of both in there, and it's just a lot of fun, guys. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. Do yourself a, a favor and check it out, because it is so new. You know, it is really new. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, but it's... You, if you're a fan of horror, you're a fan of campy, you're a fan of gore, you are going to love this. And just like you said, some of, some of the humor in there, it's so dumb. It's, it's so dumb. It, it, you can't it just, you stop laughing. No. It's done. It, it's dumb in a good way. I don't mean because there are some movies that go to be campy and they're just so dumb that they're dumb. But this is not it. That that's not the case with this it's movie. Goofy, like it's right, kind of like it's it's. And and I the, and the different a big difference you can kind of see is that although they're a movie and they're not actors and they're not the greatest actors, you see them having fun, kind of in their performances that and that makes it fun even though they aren't fucking you know Laurence Olivier or you know these like you were getting upon these super trained actors it's oh it's great guys like you said do yourself a favor check it out it's I, I can't say enough good things but I think I'm gonna watch I think I'm gonna rewatch it this weekend just because um, I like it that much it's, so. it, there's a lot to like there it really is it's it's just a great movie and i'm and i'm so glad they came out with it and i'm glad you know i'm glad that the drummer got to be part of it and you know even though he's not here now but it was it was really really good yeah that was sad when he passed it was just so unexpected just, uh, um, yes i agree it's a great great film check it out guys for those brave souls ready for a fright it's time for the feature. All right. Well, I have the feature this week. All right. So this week's feature is a classic. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, the 1976 film, Carrie. And that's what I'm going to kind of focus on. I'll briefly mention there is 
a, a remake, requel, reboot, whatever it's called, um, that I'll briefly mention. But I, I'm going to focus just on the the original mainly because it is it's just so classic. And it's one of the best of all time. So Carrie is not, uh, came out in 1976, and it's a supernatural horror film that was directed by Brian De Palma, great director. And, uh, and the screenplay was written by Lawrence Cohan, which he adapted it from Stephen King's 1974 novel, Barry, which uh, so good. I believe, I'm pretty sure this was actually, was, this was the first of um, movies that came out based on Stephen King's works. Now there's like a I lot. think so, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I had that written down somewhere, but uh, yeah, now there's been over a hundred over a hundred adaptations of his work now at this point. But this this is the one that got him on the map, and oh boy, it's a good one. Uh, He's very adaptable. Yes, adaptable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, well, so blooper reel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that shit all the time. It was well, the other day. I was like reading in the in the and the uh, reading so, like an article, and it was the name Deborah. But for some reason, and I was like reading it as a word, and I'm like Debo Ra, Debo Ra. What the fuck that work? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Well, uh, good. I'm not alone. So the film stars Sissy Spacek, oh, she's so good, as uh, the 16-year-old Carrie White. And just a few of the other people in the film, Nancy Allen, William Catt, and these are small roles, Betty Buckley, you even see a young John Travolta in there, which I uh, thought was pretty cool. So just a few more little facts about it before I talk about it. It was very successful it uh grow it, it was able to gross over 33.8 million at the box office against a 1.8 million dollar budget so quite quite that's quite successful and this is 1976 yeah uh, um which was really cool uh sissy spacek actually received a nomination for uh best actress and uh piper laurie was uh, for Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars. Yeah, so they're, they're both very, very talented actresses. They're absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and yeah, for I mean, it's kind of, you don't really see that as much anymore where, like, people in horror movies get uh, nominated for the bigger awards. They'll get, like, horror awards, but Oscars, I thought that was really cool. Um. So, and then um, just a few little things about it. It was uh, in 2008, it was ranked 86 on Empire's list of the 500 greatest movies of all time. Uh, it was ranked 15th on Entertainment Weekly's list of, of the 50 best high school movies. And it was ranked 46th on American Film Institute or AFI's 100 Years, 100 Thrills. And then also, uh, ranked eighth on Bravo's uh, the hundred scariest movie moments. So very well respected. So just to get into a little bit 
of the plot, uh, it, the, it revolves around Carrie White. She's a, a, a 16 year old girl whose mother is fanatically religious and abusive. Uh, her name's Margaret. And Carrie, uh, due to this, she has some, you know, she's awkward and obvious, and she's also a 16 year old girl. That's an awkward time in any boys or girls' lives. But because of the way her mother is, she's even more awkward and distance and just, uh, she's an outcast at school. She gets bullied and, and mocked by the kids. And uh, we see that Carrie, uh, she has, ends up having her period in gym class and she has no idea what's happening. Her mother's never told her about it. She's never, she has no idea what's going on. She just sees blood and I can only imagine how terrifying that must be for a girl, uh, you know, being 16 year old and looking down and just seeing blood and just not knowing what's going on. Especially at 16 years old, because at 16 years old, you're there. You've already, that's already a thing for you for the mm -hmm. most part. It's, it's very uncommon for her to be any older than that, but it's, it's not to like interject here, but like, like Stephen King being a man, it's completely, completely, completely and utterly in the book and in the movie and in every adaptation every way completely captured that absolute paralyzing horrible terrifying experience and it's he quite literally perfectly explained how a girl would feel in that situation like he somehow channeled his inner 16 year old girl and freaking nailed it See, oh, that's so good to hear because, like, for me, I'm watching it and it seems like it because he kind of he he builds that he's able to build that. It's obviously we talked about it's a supernatural horror, but he's also able to build just those day to day does the bullying, the horror of being in high school, being a 16 year old, and everybody, even if you were popular, you know, that time in your life, it's very stressful and angst ridden, and it's just your, your body's changing and it's there's a lot going on but as a man to me it was like that looks really real but i only know so much you know what i mean yeah. i've never experienced a menstruation or anything like that so that's really cool to hear that he was able to capture it so so well even coming from the male perspective on it so oh that's very awesome um <clears throat> Yeah, so she has she has no idea what's going on, and the kids begin to mock her. They start throwing tampons at her. They're screaming, "Plug it up!" And it's just oh, it's brutal. And you see the her like Carrie, just mortified and the heartbreak, and it's just like oh, it's so scared. She's terrified because she yeah. thinks she's dying. Yes, it's, like oh, it's so good. And uh, finally, the gym teacher comes in, and uh, you know. Gets the stop, brings Carrie to the office um, where Carrie is, you know, speaks with the principal and then is eventually uh, let uh, dismissed from school. Uh, where she goes home and her mother, oh God, their religious mother tells her that it happened because of sin, because she's a sinful pig or whatever. And uh, it's just awful and basically locks her in the prayer closet, which is just a closet with a kind of an altar that she's supposed to. And it's just, it's terrifying and claustrophobic. And just, you're wondering how a, uh, a mother can be so cruel and it just, it's craziness. And uh, 
back at school, the kids are getting, uh, the kids get in trouble. They get, um, you know, detention. One of them walks out, she gets suspended, uh, cause she's gonna not do the detention and then gets banned from the prom. But anyway, <clears throat> so now that they're pissed, they're in detention, they start to plot a, a plan to get back at Carrie and, uh, you know, they decide the best way is that they're going to mess with her and dump a bucket of blood on her. So uh, Chris and her boyfriend, Billy, they actually break into a farm and kill pigs to get their blood. Now, you could have just done it with paint or something else, but, but nope, they full on kill some pigs to get some real pig blood to mess with Carrie. This is some messed up shit going on right here with these kids. I mean, like, seriously, like, I pulled some pranks, but this is some dedication right here. You're going to kill some pigs? Yeah. Um. So, and then, and the other, in the meantime, others are going to rig it so that Carrie ends up coming to, not only comes to, will come to prom, but they're also going to rig it so that she will uh, win as prom queen. So, Sue Snell, who actually is remorseful um, about what's happened with Carrie, actually con convinces her boyfriend to ask Carrie to it because uh, to the prom because she feels bad, not because she's in on the plot, but uh, un unwittingly now she's set up Carrie to, uh, to for her demise here, essentially, with, with these kids. So Carrie, you know, at first reluctant, doesn't really believe it, that she's going, you know, thinks it's more of a prank because she's been bullied for so long. But then reluctantly accepts to go um and you know we were at the dance you see that then she they get called up on stage they win they have won uh you know, she has won prom queen and this whole time the people that were in trouble the you know that they, they had been conspiring done it they had set up the the bucket of blood up above uh the stage you know kind of up because it's like a theater set up up in the ropes there and um they uh when she's up there and she wins, they pull the bucket and she is just covered in blood. And again, another great bit of acting by, by uh, Sissy Spacek, just the face, just everything. God, it's so iconic when the blood and her staring there and then the eyes. And uh, yeah, and this is when all hell breaks loose. Because uh, I, I didn't mention that during this time, um, Carrie had realized that she has telekinesis. She, uh, so she locks all the, she, with, with her telekinesis, she locks all the doors, uh, trapping everybody in there, and then messes with the fire hose, is able to make the light spark, which call it, and create a fire that's going to end up, you know, killing most people all through her uh, telekinesis. Um, so then you know after it's all done you know a few there was a few survivors that would sneak out or whatever uh carrie uh, carrie takes off she's heading home on her way home chris and billy uh or no on her way home they uh tries to run her off the road uh she's gonna run her over as she's walking home on the side of the road and but she's able to make the car swerve and uh, flip and explode, and I always love a good car explosion, and it, um, because it really doesn't happen in real life, but it makes for a really, really cool scene in movies. Um, then she gets home, where her mother, you know, berates her, and then reveals to her that 
Barry was conceived when her husband was drunk um, and essentially raped her mother, but Margaret shamefully admits that she kind of enjoyed it. So, um, and then the mother stabs Carrie in the back with a kitchen knife and begins to chase her only for Carrie to use her telekinesis to levitate some sharp implants, knives and stuff, and shoot them at the mother and essentially crucify her. It's a really cool scene, guys. We get like a, a, a sort of crucifixion um, style uh, death. It's very, very cool cinematically. Um, and then we have a, then it goes into this Denema, uh, which I won't go too much, but it's Sue, one of the only survivors uh, of it is um, just having nightmares, struggling to deal with it. And we kind of, yeah, we just see uh, the house one more time and Carrie's arm reach up through the ground and grab Sue before she wakes up. And that is Carrie. Guys, one of my all-time favorites. This is one I will always, um, I will say to people, you know, if you're looking to get into horror, this is a good place to start because it's done really, really well. And it, it's just, it's a classic. Now, like I said, there was a, a remake or a reboot starring, uh, what's her name there? Chloe Grace Moretz. And that came out, and it was good. It was good. Uh, did you see the remake or whatever the reboot? I, yeah, any whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I have. I think I've seen. I don't know that I've seen everyone, but I have definitely seen a couple. I, I know I've seen that. Is it Chloe Grace Moretz? You said. Yeah, that's one I was talking about. Yeah, and she's. So this is going to sound awful because, uh, okay, understand that I think Sissy Spacek is beautiful. Absolutely. She's just stunning. She's classically pretty. She's all that stuff. I really found Chloe Grace Moretz to not fit what I think Carrie should look like because Chloe Grace Moretz is not traditional pretty. She's, yeah, she's different. And she's, again, stunning, but she's not Carrie pretty. She's not girl next door, sweet you know, modest pretty. She's like a very different kind of pretty. And while I I don't have a problem with how she acted in it, I don't think she looked like Carrie. Yeah. I have I, I go with you there too because like you said, very pretty girl but a very different type of pretty. And um I can, I, I I that makes a lot of sense what you said. It really does. Um and maybe that was I I guess Un unknowingly, that was probably part of my problem with it too. It was just, yeah, it, she different, and she does her, she does fine. But you're going up against one of the greatest horror films of all time. Yeah, like, it's I, 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 as a director, I would not want to touch a remake of Barry. I, I, I just, it's, it's damn near perfect. It doesn't need to be remade. So, um, but they did. It was 2013. Um, and it actually had a cool cat, uh, a pretty good cast. It was Chloe Grace Moretz, Julianne Moore. I love Julianne Moore. That's yep. um, mother and Judy Greer, Portia Doubleday, uh, Ansel Elgert, Alex Russell. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It just, it, it's against the, uh, 
going against the classic. Oh, and yeah, I thought this would go to uh, Robert Aguirre. I can never say his name. Sakasa Aguirre Sakasa uh, helped adapt the the uh, 2013 screenplay. And I just re- he's one of my favorites. He uh, did Sabrina on Netflix. He writes all those. He writes a lot of the comic books. He's done a lot of the Archie horror horror Riverdale he created and uh so i thought that was pretty cool that he did it but yeah i just wanted to touch on that but really like i said my main focus was the original because it, it is damn near perfect and oh one other thing i thought even quentin tarantino puts it and he had a list of his top you know 25 movies harry comes in at number eight for quentin wow. tarantino. okay that's pretty good actually that's yeah, pretty good. so but yeah that's that's carrie it's so good. So I think I found a correlation and actually kind of, actually funny enough, next episode I'm gonna be talking about the shining and it's kind of, I think it's actually a correlation between other than it being Stephen King, obviously. I think mm-hmm. there's a correlation between the two. So um the fire hose scene in Carrie is in the book. It's it's in the book and um he wrote the book in seventy-four, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. then he wrote The Shining in seventy-six. And the movie came out, the movie Carrie came out in 77, just to kind of give you a timeline. But when he wrote The Shining, he was staying at the Stanley Hotel and he woke up from a horrible dream where his son was being chased by a fire hose. Really? Yes. So I wonder if he gave himself a nightmare? Like, yeah. You know, I, but yeah, I, 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 it kind of just dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute, that's, yeah, that was like, that's really, cool. that's really cool wow wow that's that's awesome i love shit like that right i love it that's so cool so all right so for this let's give it a ranking so we'll do it out of uh i think we we do out of 10 or out of five i think 10 and okay so we'll do it out of 10 buckets of blood this one what are you gonna give carrie and I'm, I'm just going off the original if you want to give a rating to the 2013 you can or you don't have to but just off of the 1976 all right okay all right hold on <laughs> <laughs> i have to like unpack this in my head this movie is it's so much scarier then really in, in so many ways it's it's scary on a like a i don't even know it's scary in every freaking way and it's so deeply psychological in this movie when you see it it sticks with you and it freaking haunts you and it, maybe maybe not so much for a guy but for a girl that shit was haunting that was and and the Obviously, Sissy Spacek was amazing. The mom was, ooh, like, I get, I, I literally have chills. In every way, this movie is quite literally perfect. And I, I'm going to give it, I'm, I'm going to give it a 10. And I don't give 10s very often. Wow. I'm giving it a 10 because I can't, it's, this movie just brings you through the whole wheel of emotions. And it's, freaking perfect there's nothing i would change about it love it love it i that's our first 10 so far i love it wow so 
I'm going to say I, I'm struggling on this one because I love it. Like you said, it's damn near perfect. It, uh, yeah. It was adapted so well from the book to it. It's like sometimes you get adapted and just so much lost in translation, and it's done really well. Like you said, it's it's scary because the fact that it is supernatural horror, but it's also scary because it's your the lead character is a sixteen year old, and you're getting the fear of just being in high school and that angst. And yeah. That, that, oh God. Um, so for me. Ah, oh, this is tough. But I think I would. I'm. I was going between like eight point seven five and nine. I think I gotta go nine buckets of blood for this one. But it is so perfect. I, you know, like I said, I don't. I don't give anything a perfect. I, I come close, but um, this, this was yeah. This is a nine all day. This is just, it's that good. Check it out, guys. So. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, I'm shocked, but my God, check it out because you're missing you're missing so much if you haven't. And honestly, read the book because yeah. and, and it's funny because I I almost always and yes I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this. I almost always prefer the movie. I can't help it. I'm visual and I and I love everything about the horror movie genre, but the, the book. <laughs> don't read it if you're alone in your house in the dark a lot don't like just but oh my god read it too because it's really good yes all right so for the <coughs> little ones it's time for the kids scare i am recommended the kids movie today i i know i'm super excited stop it i'm gonna say it i'm super excited to recommend this recommend this movie i'm gonna get that tattooed that's my catchphrase i'm super excited <laughs> um, i'm gonna recommend scary stories to tell in the dark i'm not gonna tell you a ton about it because it is still a little bit of a newer movie and it might not be in everybody's initial sites to watch but it is pg-13 but watch it first Use your discretion. I think a younger kid could actually watch it, depending on, you know, who they are. Yeah. Uh, but it's based on the short horror stories for children by Alvin Schwartz, and it was illustrated initially. The book was illustrated so amazingly by Stephen Gamble or Gamel. I'm not sure how to say that. I do apologize. But the movie came out in 2019, and it centers around the Bellows family, specifically Sarah Bellows from the book. And it's basically that the tales that she writes in loneliness and in despair, they come true. And this quite literally has a little miniature adaptation of Harold, the big toe, the red spot, the dream, the jangly man, the haunted house, all of those from the book. And it's, and they're so well done. And it's spooky. It definitely is spooky. It definitely will give you, give your little, little kids a little bit of a scare. But I, I, I feel like, like, maybe eight to ten and up really could probably watch it with little to no problem depending on the kid but use your judgment and and, and just and just watch it because it's so great but that that's all i got and it's super short i know but it's oh, i fun. absolutely love this movie it's a great one for for kids um and it, for adults too it's fun to watch with your kids like you said i i you know it's tough i don't have children um but like i feel like it's it's mild enough where young kids will be, will be fine and yeah. you know it's 
because I, I I mean I remember being young and reading the Goosebumps and the other stuff and uh, but it, it, it is it's it's just a lot of fun and if you're uh, looking to kind of bring your kids in you want to enjoy like introduce your kids into something maybe you're a horror nut or something you want to introduce them into something like your passion this is a good this is a good jumping off point it really is absolutely um yeah i mean it, it's just all right did you have anything else no i think that's i think that's really i think that's everything all right well good episode here and guys thank you for joining us and please make sure to meet us at the snack bar next week when the shining and dr sleep will be on the big screen i can't wait for this one so until then guys sweet dreams bye as always thank you for listening feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scare your pants off nine at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people. So check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers and those closet doors shut. <laughs> Until next week, my friends.